Hello, it's Helen Knight, back with another text edition of the Mercia podcast. Now, today I am going to do quite a quick session on free ports and investment zones. I've been various announcements over the summer months. We've seen a few opinion pieces going around as well. So I thought it would be interesting to have a bit more of a look at them, what we've heard, what we know so far, and what any differences that we can spot between the two schemes are. So free ports, first of all, these were announced as part of the 2019 general election manifesto. Interestingly, the proposal was from a then backbencher, Rishi Sunak. So where it went got to is the first eight free ports were announced as part of the March 2021 budgets. And those were all in England. We've since then had two free ports announced in Wales and then two slightly different green free ports announced in Scotland. Haven't seen any announced as yet in Northern Ireland. Investment zones then, these were actually one of Liz Truss's leadership campaign pledges. They were sold at the time as full fat free ports. So they were announced in the growth plan back in autumn 22 and one of the few measures which weren't then subsequently reversed, although there was a bit of a refocusing with an announcement towards linking these more up with higher education institutions. Now, while we've had regions announced for these investment zones, we haven't as yet seen specific zones in the majority of cases. The first two to be formally announced were in South Yorkshire and Liverpool City. And here we see the first difference between first free ports and investment zones. It's kind of in terms of scope where they're going to be located, what some of the purposes might be. The free ports are also far located at ports and airports where goods enter and leave the UK. With their tax sites, so this is specific areas within or close to the free ports that will benefit from the tax reliefs. And these are discrete areas nearby, usually kind of industrial parks and similar. In contrast, the aim of investment zones seems to really be about creating high potential knowledge intensive growth clusters. The intention is that these investment zones are going to be located around universities or research institutes. The tax sites for investment zones, it has been stated that these are going to uh, be designated with the aim of redeveloping brownfield sites. So we're going to potentially see a lot more of these investment zones in our kind of city regions, which sort of makes sense in terms of the locations of a lot of these universities and research institutes. In fact, universities are actually required to co-sign the investment zones submissions. So there's a clear aim here to be building these partnerships with higher education. And in addition to that, investment zones have also got to be integrated within local skills improvement plans. So we can see that there is a bit more thought perhaps about integrating these, making sure these investment zones are creating jobs. Investment zones, then we're also seeing that they've got an industry focus. So the aim of these investment zones is to create growth 
across certain industries. So we've got digital and technology, life sciences, creative industries, green industries and advanced manufacturing. And indeed, that's what we've seen with the first couple of zones which have been launched. So in South Yorkshire, uh, there's a focus on advanced manufacturing led by the area's existing advanced manufacturing research centre, which is working in partnership between industry and the University of Sheffield. Liverpool then, the most recent announcement that we've seen is there's a focus on biotech and pharmaceuticals. On the other hand, there is no particular industry focus for Freeports, although the green Freeports in Scotland there is a big emphasis on decarbonisation and moving towards net zero. So we're seeing a bit of a difference in terms of kind of the purpose and what the government is aiming both of uh, these two different schemes to do. It's levelling up but focusing on different aspects both are sort of planned to operate for in the region of 25 years in terms of the actual investment, although some of the tax incentives that we're going to go on to talk about now are more time limited. So that spend is then going to include a split between direct spend on things like resources and capital, and then this package of tax incentives. So actually looking into it, a lot of the benefits for both free ports and investment zones, where there is a special tax site within uh, that area, the benefits of those from a tax perspective are broadly similar. So those include things like no employers, national insurance contributions uh, on up to £25,000 salary, this is only available for new eligible employees for the first 36 months of their employment. So it won't be available to existing employees of business. And there is going to need to be some tracking of the HR systems to en enable them to track when they've reached this 36-month limit. Where businesses are investing in these tax sites and they're potentially buying new buildings, there's going to be no stamp duty land tax on the purchase of commercial buildings in England and Northern Ireland. And although not entirely formalised yet, it's expected to be similar relief from uh, land transaction tax in Wales and land and buildings transaction tax in Scotland. Businesses are also going to benefit from full relief for business rates. And then as well as that, we've got 100% first year allowance on plant and machinery and enhanced structures and buildings allowances. So as well as the stamp duty land tax, where these businesses are buying new property or indeed constructing new structures and buildings, they're going to be eligible to write down that expenditure at 10% per annum instead of the usual 3%. Now, when investment zones were announced, it looks like there might be some differences in terms of how long these tax benefits were going to go on for. Certainly when free ports were originally announced, the tax reliefs were for a lot of these 
um, tax reliefs were expected to have a sunset clause in September 2026. What we've actually seen in the most recent finance number two at 2023 is that although it still makes reference to this September 26 date, the government has the potential to extend this sunset clause by individual tax sites. So we could see differences both between free ports and investment zones, but also within each of those categories where potentially some further investment is needed. The difference then in terms of the reliefs available between free ports and investment zones is around the location of custom sites. So this is something which only applies to free ports. So as well as the designated tax sites, free ports are eligible to set up special custom sites. And these benefit from simplified customs arrangements uh, in terms of uh, administration of customs. And as well as that, there'll be zero rating on certain goods and services which are declared to the Freeport Customs Special Procedure. There's no, uh, no equivalent to custom sites for investment zones. And that kind of makes sense in terms of when we are thinking about Free ports are very much located around these transport, transport hubs where there's a lot more movement into and out of the UK, whereas investment zones are about boosting these particular industry areas in partnership with universities and other research institutes. So what's next? I mean, this idea of special zones isn't a new one. We've had various enterprise zones originally announced in 2011 and then extended. So we've got 48 of those in England, four in Scotland, seven in Wales and one in Northern Ireland. So there was some temporary rates relief and enhanced capital allowances there. So this isn't a new idea. And what is going to be key is how it's measured, what impact these are having on the economy and growth couple of terms that I have seen mention it are things like dead weight. Would the activities have happened in that area, even in the absence of the policy and displacement? Would they just have happened elsewhere in the UK or were already happening elsewhere and have just relocated? I mean, this isn't just necessarily a bad thing. After all, the stated purpose of these schemes is to level up the UK, but obviously redirecting economic activity is probably secondary to producing overall positive growth. So measurement of the success of these is going to be interesting over the next few years. We've had a, a recent inquiry uh, for the Commons Business and Trade Committee, which closed on the 9th of September, which was all around gaining insight into how to measure the impact that Freeport's investment zones were actually going to have. What else might we see? Well, we might see a bit more about linking uh, Freeport's and investment zones within that wider economic strategy. Obviously, we've got a general election potentially coming up want to be uh, the government may well be wanting to emphasize some immediate wins of these two schemes 
Um, it's going to be interesting to see how these regimes compare with some similar subsidy regimes in the US and the EU. And in the short term, we're expecting to see more announcements on the specific locations of the investment zones. Might see some news on that in the autumn statement on the 22nd of November. On that note, remember to check out our Rapid Reaction webinar. And we've also got a variety of products to summarise the announcements from the budget. We've got a, a budget overview coming out on the day, as well as our usual full analysis uh, by the next morning. So do check out our autumn statements section of the Mercia website. That's it from me. I hope you've enjoyed listening and speak to you again next time. Thank you for listening to the Mercia podcast. For more information on this topic, please visit mercia-group.com.